We are now, Heidi, going to have a loss of a child panel, and our good friend Tanya Lord is going to moderate the panel. And uh, Tanya is a co-creator of the Grief Toolbox and director of Support After a Death by Overdose Project. Tanya, welcome. Dr. Tanya Lord has done so much to build awareness for patient services and going into hospitals, going in and educating faculty, doctors, the medical community mm -hmm. on what people need. Debbie Dulaban. Oh, talk about Debbie. Hi, Debbie. I served with Debbie on the Compassionate Friends Board. She was a phenomenal president. She was on the head of the diversity committee. She has done so much in the grief and loss world. And I have loved working with her as well and collaborating over the years. I've known both Tanya and Debbie for 20 years, probably more than that. So it's been an honor to have them. Lily is a fabulous artist for one thing. And uh, she is the author of Giving Grief Meaning and creator of the Name Work Method for Healing. And she played an inspirational role in starting uh, the LGBTQ Alternative Psychology Specialization at Antioch University. Uh, Ms. Doolin holds a master's degree in teaching at Simmons College in Boston, Massachusetts, and she's a certified heart of yoga teacher, and she studied spiritual coursework at Agape International Spiritual Center under the tutelage of Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. Thank you, Lily. You're amazing. And then Mindy Corcoran is an entrepreneur, a thought leader, author, former CEO, daughter, wife, and mother. And she is the author of Healing a Shattered Soul and host of the podcast Real Grief uh, and Real Healing. Thank you guys for being on the show today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to this dynamic duo and everything that you do with Open to Hope. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here today. Um, we are talking about child loss, as you heard, and um, in our short amount of time, we're gonna first talk about a moment of hope where we pretty much, what was the first time that we realized that we could survive? this loss. And I'm going to start with Lily. I realized that I could survive the loss um, when I connected with um, Stephanie Weisler Rubin, who is the founder of Unati Foundation. And she founded a group for girls in Bhaktapur, Nepal. And I was still in deep grief, but something pulled me there. And it was seeing the girls who really had survived unspeakable trauma and grief more than I could ever possibly imagine um, that I realized I, I would survive and I wanted to shine the light that was Kara's life and do service in her loving memory and that this would be my life. And I'm just, it's brought me to you all and it's so great to be here. I know we shed tears when we met at the pre-meeting together. And I'm just honored by the whole Open to Hope Foundation and everything that you, everyone is doing. I'm inspired and you set a great example, all of you. So thank, thank you. Thank you, Lily. And please, can you just take another 
um, minute or so to introduce your child to us, because I realized I didn't ask you to do that first. Thank you. Um, our beloved daughter, Hera, died at home of SIDS at the tender age of two months old. And for a long time, I felt, I, I, you know, I didn't get to know her and uh, I felt like I was the only one in, in grief and her passing has connected me to this, to beautiful healers and change makers in, in this world in a deeper way than I could have ever imagined. And I feel that she's with me. Um, she's with me and I bless her every day. She's a blessing to our, our lives. Thank you, Lily. Uh, Debbie, do you want to introduce little Dale and um, your moment of hope? I am Dale's mom, um, a name I'm always proud to answer by. Um, my moment of hope became looking back as uh, when I realized I didn't cry every day. And, you know, I was a ugly crier and had permanent tear strength, tear, tear stains tear stains streaks down my face and just being able to like step out of the house not crying anymore was a really big moment for me when I realized that maybe um I could do this maybe I would survive and and move forward to find something I don't know what it was but maybe I would survive I would not die even though I did want to thank you and I think we all can share that 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 sense of just complete uh, devastation and, and not sure um, even how to take that first breath. Mindy, same question to you. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Tanya. And I'm also honored to be part of, um, of today, uh, of, um, to the Open to Hope um, experience today. It's a, it's a really great event and, um, it's a sad event, but it's also so inspirational to all of us. And I hope we, I know our panel hopes that we can offer inspiration to other parents who've lost children. So, um, my son that I would be, will be talking about, his name is Reet, R-E-A-T, and, um, Reet was murdered, uh, in April of 2014. Uh, he was murdered by a white supremacist, in Overland Park, Kansas, but, but, and my circumstances are slightly different when I speak about the tragedy that happened because my dad was murdered only minutes before my son was murdered. So I lost my dad and my son on the same day. And the interesting thing when I'm asked, when did you first know that you would survive? Um, and when did you first feel any glimmer of hope? was actually that evening. Um, there were two incidences in particular, but that evening I was in my, my parents' home and people were gathering around and, uh, and I heard someone say that there was going to be a vigil, a student vigil. And I felt so compelled to be there and to offer solace to students um, who were gonna be grieving my son, Reed. And I went to that vigil and I spoke to the audience and, not knowing I was going to speak to them, not knowing it was going to be televised, not knowing where it would lead me. But I spoke to them from my heart, letting them know that they could survive. I wanted these um, students to understand that um, tragedy happens and that they could survive. And in doing so, 
I think I felt hope. Um, of course, I had no idea how difficult the journey ahead of me was going to be, but that was where I found hope. I, and I believe it came from the Holy Spirit. So my um, faith is Christianity, and um, I felt very guided by the Holy Spirit that day to speak at the vigil. Thank you, Mindy. Um, Lily, I just want to say that there's a question for you in the in the question and answer, if you want to take a look at that. Um, and thank you for you all putting questions in there for us. So as you can see, there's um, our, our moments of hope um, <clears throat> are quite different. And where we find that that ability to to survive and to think about surviving comes from many, many different places, whether that is from um, just realizing your tears, your eyes are dry for a minute longer than they were the day before to, to really seeing um, different parts of the world. As we think about- I don't see the question, it's not there. So I apologize to the person who I'm unable to answer it because I cannot see the question. So when you go to the Q&A button, do you not see that? There, There's no Q&A button okay. here for me. All right. So I'll just ask you real quick. Somebody is asking how long ago it was for your daughter. July 29th, 2009. And this person, Maxine, has um, grandson died seven weeks ago so she is reaching out and maxine we will um i'll answer that question more if you have other questions and we can go further so as we move into from our moment of hope to where today and early on or today we find our strength as a briefed mother i know that there was nothing that felt strong about me in those very early days, weeks, months, even years. Mindy, do you wanna talk a little bit about where you find your strength? Yes, thank you. I, Tanya, and when I'm, when I'm finished, we need you to introduce your child as well. So you should introduce your child so everyone can know about your story. Um, so I find my strength in helping others. I, um, you know, similar to me going to a vigil the night that I lost my father and son and wanting to help these um, other high schoolers, I found myself channeling my grief into helping others. And um, our family, my family and the Lomano family who lost, um, they lost a person that day too. There were three people murdered on that day. Um, we, along with some other community members, created a foundation and the foundation is called Seven Days, Make a Ripple, Change the World. And we um, promote kindness. So Seven Days overcomes hate by promoting kindness through education and dialogue. And um, I tell people that, that I would have helped people in any way. If, if my dad and son had been um, hit by a drunk driver, I would be in Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. You know, I would be, I would be in that channel. If, um, if my son had died um, from SIDS, you know, Lily, I would be joining you and holding your hand and working on anything that we could do to combat, you know, SIDS and to know more and to be educated. So personally, um, my family was murdered because of white supremacy, because of anti-Semitism, because of hate. And so my journey has been in that channel, in that lane. Um, I focused on learning about other faiths 
I focused on helping people understand kindness. And so this year, our new mantra is we teach kindness. Um, I also I also wrote a book called Healing a Shattered Soul. And I talk so much about courageous kindness and being able to step into a feeling of uncomfortableness and be kind to someone that you might not normally be kind to. And my reason for that is specifically that if people had been kind to the murderer, if someone had interfered with his beliefs about Judaism, if someone had, you know, stepped in and done something to him or for him out of kindness along his life path, would that have changed the trajectory? And so I feel like we all have a responsibility to pay attention to those around us who might feel lonely or otherwise misguided in their thoughts. And so um, that's where I find my strength is in is in creating activities and events to help people learn um, about faith, about kindness, and about healing. Thank you, Mindy. Um, Lily, where do you find your strength? Firstly, I find my strength with being here. So I applaud anyone who's come to this, especially Maxine, is it? Who's come with, with new grief, raw grief. It's such a courageous step to be able to step into a community like this um, and to, to explore. Uh, when I heard Mindy's story, my, my dad's best friend was shot in the back at 40 years old and died of and died murdered murdered by a white supremacist with his little girl and it's the only time i saw my dad cry and i want to say you know we bring he brought that grief with him to the death of his granddaughter you, you know we bring we're not blank slates uh we bring a a host of problems uh join us in our grief and reaching out is what can put us, take us out of the pain of the moment and put us in the solution, even if we don't feel it, even if we can't see it. It's that contrary action that brings hope. It's getting out of bed when I don't want to. It's brushing my teeth when I don't want to. Acting as if the world is a loving place. Acting if, as if there is a loving God. When I've lost all faith in God, I didn't have, um, an experience of immediate faith in Kara's passing. My faith was shattered and it took a long time to move through that dark night of the soul, to move through it, to find community and, and, and hope. And, you know, the affirmative process is what gives me hope. I also have a book, Giving Grief Meaning and a corresponding work, the name work. I All I had left was Kara's name and out of her name, I found qualities, K-A-R-A, -A, kindness, alignment, regeneration, and action. And in my book, I have a dictionary of qualities at the back of the book uh, where you can begin to work with qualities to find hope again. And it may take a while, Godspeed, um, Godspeed, but 100% of the proceeds from my book, Giving Grief Meaning, go to support our Care Love Project and the work that we do, which is to serve marginalized children and families and people all over, all over locally and globally. Uh, 
So I, I connect with all of you for, for your service and you set the bar high and I can only, I aspire to everything that everyone is doing and I will pass because I know we have a short amount of time, so. Thanks, Lily. And Debbie, where do you find your strength day to day? It is from, um, it is from God. I lost my faith and I lost my religion um, because I felt God passed me by in my most needful moment. And so um, I was just um, a complete mess because I had no, I had no relationship with him. And, and, and so I was full of anger. Um, that was like my emotion that I carried with me. I, I was mad, not at the world, but at God, because I just felt like, you know, he's the person I'm supposed to turn to. And that my son loved, you know, God, you know, without us um, even teaching him, he would always say, he, you know, I have Jesus in my heart. And so I thought that, you know, that's a great thing. And if I didn't do anything else right, I've done that, like without like pushing it on him. So on that day, it's like, you know, I could see where things are going when he was um, in the hospital at UCLA. It's like, okay, God, even if it's not my prayer, you, you hear. Um, you know, there's like about 50 people here, maybe one, even like our pastors here, maybe, you know, one person's prayer you're, you'll hear. And he didn't, he, he died on October 29th, 1998. And on that day, it was just like, you know, God ripped me in half. But now I do have a committed relationship with God. We, it, it was a long, long journey. And I still have like my bad days where, you know, I, you know, remember like, remember that time, God, you forgot me. Um, how are we going to fix that? And, you know, it's just a matter of like, you know, well, waiting, but I'm glad that to know my son said he had Jesus in his heart. And I know that um, I'll see him again. And I know that religion is a really touchy thing, like when your child is gone. But for me, that's where I am now that, you know, that is my source of strength now. Thank you. So introducing my son, Noah. He died when he was four years old from a series of medical errors after a tonsillectomy. And I had no hope and I certainly had no strength. And many of the things that have been mentioned so far, I did find hope um, and strength. And probably with so many ways that I could think about that question um, was through each other, through the people, the people who had experienced it. At first I thought, well, nobody lost Noah, so nobody can understand my pain. But when I started to listen to other people's pain, it sounds like an odd place to find hope, but to realize I was not alone um, and to find that strength. And, and then I did shift, as many of you have mentioned, to working in healthcare to make it safer for other people. So as we think about um, those early days, those early years, even for many of us, um, what do we think? We have just a few minutes left, but about, and I want to appreciate that other people are saying, talking about their faith and the challenge that they have in the, in the um, question and answer and really relating with a lot of what has been said so far. Um, and Debbie, specifically somebody, you know, thanking you for just admitting that struggle. It's not always easy to say this is where I was and this is what the struggles I was having. But when we think about finding meaning, and I don't mean meaning within their specific death, but meaning within our lives, 
And what are the things that, that have brought meaning to us at this point? And with that, with that question, I'll start with Debbie. Um, volunteering. You know, first off, I felt my IQ drop, you know, a hundred and so points. So I felt like I was a complete idiot that I could not function. So I thought volunteering would be easy because, you know, I can't get fired. So um, I started with the simplest of tasks, like I'll just pick up the phone um, and just answer phones. But eventually it, it, it kept moving on. And I realized that during those hours and that time that other people had needs and it got me out of my head. And I was so grateful to get out of my head because in my head, there were like, you know, so many conversations going on and just the pain of like, you know, everything. So it got me out. And then I realized that even before I started volunteering, I was like giving back and I didn't realize it. And it was just, um, it's a huge benefit in, in volunteering. It's just like getting out. It's like, it freed me. It's like, you know, I'm free to not think of myself and I can, you know, whatever, whatever it is that that person needs, no matter how minute I considered it or anyone else considered, it was a big thing for them. So just like helping that person uh, walk their journey just made it easier for me to like, you know, go home and go like, I made a positive thing happen, you know, in, in this world today. And even if I didn't, it's just like I was part of a team, like in making something happen. I didn't need all the credit, but it just got me out of my um, head. And, and then I felt like my IQ would start going back up a few points here and there. So um, just reaching others and giving a lending and helping hand. Thanks, Debbie. That's great. Mindy. I, I want to add just real quickly that I also um, was very angry at God off and on, very angry. And I tell people that, that I think God can handle it. And then when we want to be angry, I think God's a good place to place it. Um, and so I was also extremely angry with God off and on. I also lost my ability to do so many things, Debbie. I couldn't, I was in wealth management and I couldn't do math for months. It was really hard to be a CEO of a wealth management company and not be able to add and subtract. Um, so if, if you're foggy brained right now and you're early in your grief, that's really, really common to have loss of that. Um, I wanted to share the story about um, finding meaning. We uh, opted to have my son and my father both cremated. And what we do is we take a little bit of their ashes when we go somewhere. So in finding meaning in particular, we take their ashes with us when we go to new places, a new state, a new country, anywhere where there might be flowing water and we put their ashes in that water. I feel like my eyes are my son's eyes. He was murdered at age 14 and I want him to be able to go um, where we can go now. So that's something where I find personal significant meaning and um i wanted to share that in particular thank you mindy and lily yes um reverend michael beckwith put a question to me early on uh and it was lily you can choose to grow or shrink from the tragedy and in that split second we can all choose it now in the split second in a snap we can choose growth um, and I don't know if it's a biblical verse because I'm not altogether religious, but I've, I've heard the seed needs the darkness to change into new life. So, and um, it's sort of fallen out of vogue to say that, uh, you know, affirmations are getting a lot of a, a bad rap these days, but I needed affirmations to combat 
the negativity. And I believe that transformation comes through grief. Uh, just like we, we have no choice. We don't, we have no choice, but to transform. I had no choice, but to transform it's transform or die. Um, so for me, transformation means, um, if I find myself saying I want to die to change that, to, to come into my body and breath and say, I want to live, I want to live. Um, and, and to catch myself right there and to feel the pain that still courses through me. I can hold space for pain and joy at the same time. I still have breath. I still have trouble uttering a sentence. You know, I feel like a complete basket case a lot. And it's been, you know, thir 13 years, May 22nd, she would have been 13 years old. But I don't beat myself up for that. I don't, I no longer, because of people like you, because of uh, Open to Hope and the snapping, I was snapping along with you, you know, I, <laughs> that, yes. I step into that divine right action. Yeah, I'm here with you all. And, um, and we carry each other. We're all, uh, one of my teachers, Ram Dass says, we're all just walking each other home. And that's what we're doing today. So um, thank you for having me here today. Well, thank you so much for everyone. And uh, Tanya did a great job. Lily, Mindy, and Debbie, we love you. You guys are inspirational. Thank you so much.